Hey team, welcome to the off-season. The off-season is an exploration of athletic health, recovery, and performance told through stories of athletes and their medical and training team. I hope you enjoy. Now for a quick but mandatory medical disclaimer. This podcast is for general informational purposes only and does not constitute the practice of naturopathic medicine or other professional health care services, including the giving of medical advice. No doctor-patient relationship is formed. Use of this material is at user's own risk. Listeners should not disregard or delay in obtaining medical advice for any medical conditions they may have and should seek assistance from their trusted healthcare professional for any condition. This podcast does not speak on behalf of naturopathic medicine and does not represent the views of the profession as a whole. Welcome back to another episode of The Off Season. This one is a special one, especially for you female athletes. I have Christine Endali on here, um, and she tells us her story. She tells us training high-level CrossFit. She tells us what it did to her body, um, and she walks us through things she would have changed. So listen up, guys. There's a lot of information in here and a lot of great stuff to pull for not only athletes, but coaches too. Alrighty guys, we're back with another episode of the off season and I'm super fortunate um, to have Christine and Dolly here with me today. Um, yeah, I, like I was on your guys' podcast, the Elevated Project and um, just hearing a little bit of like what you had to say, I was like this girl, this girl knows what's up and she's yeah. uh, doing some pretty cool stuff. So yeah. I just wanted to have you on and chat a little bit more about like your story and what you're all about. So yeah. why don't you give us like a brief intro to your athletic past and who you are? Yeah. So, um, oh man, where do I start? So as a like really young child, I was, um, put in gymnastics, right. Kind of right off the bat. Um, and I did that for about seven years. Um, and you know, was training like five hours a day, like 25 hours a week. And so that kind of like laid the foundation for me for a lot of things moving forward. Um, specifically like my CrossFit career. Um, but after gymnastics, like I was like kind of trying out different stuff. Like I played soccer and I, you know, did martial arts and stuff like that. Um, and then I found CrossFit and as soon as I found CrossFit, like it was like game over. Like that was like my life for, I mean, the past decade, even longer than that. Um, I knew like the second I went into it, I was like, I want to go to the CrossFit Games. Like, I remember saying that, like, the second time I had ever tried it. It was, like, right from that point on, it was, like, it just became my whole life. Um, I got really, really good at it. Like, I was a very well-rounded athlete um, coming from gymnastics. Like, I had the gymnastics aspect of it. Um, but I was also, you know, like very strong too. So I didn't have many holes in the sport. Um, so I just like, I excelled very, I wouldn't say very fast. Um, I didn't actually start like competing at like a high level until like five years in. Um, but we were just like building that foundation for, you know, the first few years. Um, and then decided to, you know, really get serious with it. And I you know, quit my job. Like that was my whole life. Um, I had gone to school for firefighting and was gonna, um, you know, pursue that. And, but I wanted to do this first. And, uh, so quit my job, made it my whole life. Um, I went to regionals in 2014. Well, I went to regionals in 2013, but as a team, um, and it was me and my two sisters, which is freaking awesome. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, three other guys. And so we got, we placed like fifth 
Um, but when it's when it was regionals back then, Canada East only took like two teams and two individuals at that time. Um, and then there was like, you know, different areas took like more. So other areas would take three. Anyway, so um, roll around to like 2014. I competed as an individual. So I did the open and I landed um, second in Canada East in the open. Um, I think I was like 22nd worldwide or something like that. That's insane, man. Yeah. It was like, like my, I was kind of like that dark horse where people were just like, who is this person? <laughs> um, which was really cool. So um, I come in cause it was like years of just like Camila Blanc and Michelle Latondra, like those two just head to head to head. And like, no, it was just a f- them two every year, like at the top, like there was really no competition. People were just a w- like way further back than them, right? So when I went in 2014, um, I ended up placing third. But they only took two um, people that year. So it was like a fight the whole weekend. Like me and Michelle were just like back and forth, back and forth. Camille was in first. And that was just like, it came down to the, to the very last workout. Um, and like, it was like one or two points like that I missed going. So I was like devastated. I was, I was going like, to say, walk me through your headspace yeah, after like, that. What happened? <laughs> like, I remember getting off the competition floor. Like, it's like, it didn't even hit me right away. I was like, like I didn't understand like I don't even know it just did not hit me right away Uh, but I remember like a few days later uh, I was like I can't do this like I can't do this anymore like this is just like so so much pressure and just like all the work I put in and then I was just a I was an amateur right Um, and I just was like having this like closed off fixed mindset of how I just felt like I lost but I mean, that quickly turned around. Um, and then I started, I mean, I just like went back to work. Um, and in 2016, so no, okay. So 2014, I did that. So then the, the open rolled around again in February. Um, and I was, I, I was the third seed that year um, going into it. And I went out into Vermont to train with Frazier and some people um, like a few weeks prior to regionals and I blew my Achilles. Ah, no way. Yeah. Like it was like, it was so weird. I was like doing box jumps and like <laughs> I jumped down. I was rebounding. So like dumb to start with in a situation <laughs> like that. Um, and it just like popped and it felt like I had no, like no floor under me. It was so weird. Oh man. Did you I have had, like any warning signs or was it just like out of the no, blue? No, I didn't. Like, that's the thing. Like my coach at the time was like, I can't even, like he was so ahead of the time. Mm-hmm. Like the, the programming back then was like nothing even close to like what he was doing. Now it has evolved into what he was doing back then. Like he was just like, so smart, so detailed. I was honestly barely even doing cross CrossFit. Um, it was like a lot of other stuff. And then I would have like one phase of the year where I was actually doing CrossFit. Um, so yeah, I didn't really have any warning signs. So it was like a really big shock. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't even know at the, at the time I was like, 
I don't know, like I didn't even think I ruptured my Achilles. Mm-hmm. So I ended up having to get surgery in Vermont. Um, and that, so that was kind of the beginning to like a whole bunch of stuff to come. Um, so that recovery was actually very good. Um, you know, like I got back within like seven months. Um, I started, you know, really focusing on 2016 because I had to miss in 2015. Um, and me and my coach went separate ways. Um, I mean, he was my sister's husband and there was kind of just, you know, so I, we went Some our se- yeah. <laughs> so we went our separate ways. Um, great guy. Um, and I took on this new coach. Um, so this new coach, it's like, I can't blame him completely. Um, I, I take responsibility for, you know, some of it, like not doing my homework on, coaches and you know whatever but I got ran into the ground like really badly Mm -hmm. um you know like just training like no no energy systems like training like hard all the time it's like go hard go home kind of thing like spending like six to seven hours um in the gym a day um with no real like there was no percentage work. It was always just go hard, go heavy all the time. Um, and I actually ended up out in California with him for a while. So, um, I started noticing some weird things happening. Like I was getting, and this happened fairly quick. So Mm. it was within like, Mm, I would say within like three months of training with him, I started to notice stuff. It's kind of funny because hormones kind of like turn over within like three months, right? Yeah, interesting. So, okay. so, yeah, so now I'm like, what? Okay, so uh, yeah, within like three months, I just started noticing just like weird stuff happening. And I was like pu- getting like really puffy in my face, like couldn't lean out. I was always a very lean athlete. Um you know, just inflamed all around, couldn't lean out, started breaking out like in my face and really badly on my back. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, um, I mean, just like energy fatigue was just like not there. I felt very sluggish in my training. And then the worst of all is like, I lost my period. Mm -hmm. And back then I'm like, I had no idea about like anything that I know now which Mm -hmm. is like, I was so oblivious to it all. And is, it's just funny because now I work with people like that. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't like even think anything of it. It was kind of funny because my period would come like every, it started to go every like other month and then it just went away. Like I had no period for five months. Um, and you know, I just kept pushing through it. I had other weird symptoms like during the open that year, like I couldn't breathe, like my respiratory stuff was just like not there. My capacity was out the window. Um, so I get onto the region of floor again. Um, and on the first workout, it was a snatch ladder. And on the very last rep, I it fell behind my um, my back and my shoulders were just like like just like nasty okay it was was so nasty um 
but again, like my, my programming had no accessory work. It had nothing like that. Mm -hmm. So it was just like my tendons and all that were just like, just so fragile and shot. I mean, from being, you know, overtrained hormonally and then, you know, how it goes. So, yeah, definitely. uh, Yeah. So, um, then I was like, well, I'm on the competition floor. I'm like super hype. And I'm like, I got to go again. And, but that hurts so bad. So I'm like, I go again. It's the last rep. (laughs) And and I, it falls behind my back again. Same thing. (laughs) Like nasty. So I am like on the comeback from my Achilles. Right. And so like, I'm like, is this a nightmare? Like, is what is happening? Like I'm, I'm like getting taken out of competition again. Well, that's when it all began. So from there, I got off the competition floor and like weeks after I went and got my hormones tested. Um, and it was like, so bad. Like my, (laughs) my hormones were just like an absolute wreck um like my progesterone was at like zero um like I had I had like no progesterone it was insane I I was actually gonna um pull it up because I feel like you just be like what are are Um, we looking at here basically yeah my my cortisol was just a mess like Mm. so it was kind of like this crazy storm because like I had this these shoulders going on where I had to go get surgery. So, um, I went and, you know, got surgery and I was living in California. Um, and I had to get surgery on both sides on my labrums, went in, got surgery on both sides. Um, then like months later, I, I just felt like I wasn't recovering and, and things like that. And so I went and got more imaging done and it, it showed like, full thickness rotator cuff tears and so they had missed those in the first the first surgeries Mm -hmm. and I went and saw a doctor in Cleveland and he's like this is insane because this type of injury to the rotator cuff doesn't like it doesn't just happen over time like this is like a traumatic injury right so the snatch right would have just would have did that um so He's like, if you want like any function in your shoulders when you're older or anything like that, um, you have to get surgery. Like you have no choice to get another set. So I'm like, all right, well, let's do this. So I went in and I got another set of surgeries. So I had four surgeries altogether. Um, and then that beca- began like a two-year recovery but in all of that, I also had these, this terrible hormonal stuff going on. Mm, so so it, recover anyway, it right? was so, it just like took so long for me to recover because I had the hormones from like overtraining that I had the surgeries. Um, and it was just, it took a long, long, long time. And I still, you know, I still deal with the hormone, some of the hormonal problems now today it's just like something that and it's crazy because like i do i know all of these things like i do everything that i can to like get my hormones into a good place but mm. i think when you're you know you go that that far um with the adrenals and and all of that it's just it's sometimes just you can't get back to where you were before 
Yeah, hundred um, percent. And I have, and I, I got PCOS in the process, mm. right? From just like taxing my adrenals so badly. Um, so I have PCOS, which it can be pretty annoying, um, but it is what it is. But that's kind of like when I was going through all the the hormone stuff, is where I really started to like learn and study and I just studied for years um, from that point on and then that kind of like laid the foundation to where I am today with uh, nutrition coaching it was it's the, it's why I do what I do like I went in this um, because I wanted to help you know women understand like that they like that they don't need to be going like super hard all the time with their training and that they need to eat because Mm -hmm. that was a big thing for me too, was like mixed with the overtraining. I was, you know, under eating a lot. Like I don't even know how much I was eating at the point. It just, it was not enough, not even close. Mm -hmm. Um, So that, yeah, that's kind of just led to where I am and like, doing what I'm doing today and I'm just super passionate about it um and just helping women and men I Mm -hmm. I mean I help both of them but that's that's my passion for sure definitely and like the story is um I wish it was fewer and far between that you know we would hear all these stories but I think like how far you've made it is a really good highlight to like that extreme adaptation process that the body can go through and handle um and like the lack of through no fault of your own but like education out there and that's why I'm so like happy that you know you took this on yourself to like continue to educate um women and men with these type of issues yeah and I think it's super interesting so like I was listening to the podcast 30 for 30 on uh, heavy metals did you hear that one no no so it's talking about um Bella and Marta Caroli the um, oh yeah yeah so they went through this whole story and they're essentially uh trainers for uh the team usa gymnastics Mm -hmm. and i was just kind of thinking about your past and like what an intro like five time sessions for gymnastics and then like all day long you're training this thing so it becomes like such a norm for you right Mm -hmm. and like for whatever reason there seems to be this like underlying female athlete type of thing that you know it's not good enough what I'm doing. So I always have to push the limit or push the boundary on that with this like continual trying to prove something. So even like setting you up for success at such a young age, like I don't know if we were all doing that, especially with like Bella and Martha, when you hear that story, you're like, man, they almost like killed these girls. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. 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 It's super interesting. And then I think um, this story is like quite repetitive. And I think even you going through it when you were like, I'm not really sure you know, what hormonal thing was happening or like where these things presented. Um, Maybe if you could talk a little bit about what your actual symptoms were and like what it felt like on a day-to-day basis, or if there was any like signs or symptoms for you that you were like, Hey, maybe, maybe I should talk to the coach about this. Yeah. Um, So like I said, I, the, some of the first kind of things that started happening to me was like, I would, my skin, Okay, like my skin started breaking out all around my chin, which is like a hormonal breakout spot. Um, And then on my back. So when I was going through all this, like I had no idea what was happening. Um, And then within training, 
it was I always had like small injuries come popping up like here and there and it was just like I felt like I couldn't really like get anywhere because it was like my body was just breaking down just because of how much stress it was under um and then the the puffiness and the inflammation um and those types of things were something I was just not used to like my face I wish you could see a picture like from what I look like now to what I look like when I was like in that really bad spot with my hormones my face was just like super puffy and so like you're getting like really like the confidence this or the and esteem thing it just like it hits you really hard when you're like going through all this and you just have like no idea um but I would say that those were probably I mean I mean and the period thing like mm-hmm. that that's like the number one symptom now looking back I'm like oh my gosh like shoot we should yeah, have known that. I know. <laughs> like within it with with it just like going irregular mm-hmm. within that period of time if I would have just know what I knew now um I mean, if I knew what I knew if I knew what I knew now that like I would I've stopped within the first month of training. Definitely. Yeah. But, we wish we um, could go back, yeah. but like no better, do better, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, like the, the whole period thing, it was probably like the biggest issue for sure. And I got my period back like the weekend right before I was going on to the competition floor. Oh, good. Yeah. So it was like, oh, I'm like, tapering down for the first time in like six months because I haven't uh had a deload or anything in six months it's funny as soon as I start to taper down my period comes back fascinating hey (laughs) you deload and then you're ready to go again um I think that's a really important point that you have too and I think like um from my experience what I see with a lot of female athletes is it's it's really that like um yes coach type of mentality of like yes, I'll do what you say. Yes. If this is what it takes to make it, then I'm in. Well, could you speak a little bit around to like what you would have done differently in terms of like picking a coach or like using your voice a little bit more when things started to go wrong? Yeah. Um, I think like, honestly, I could have just waited it out a little bit. I felt like I was kind of like in this weird spot where, you know, competition was coming back up. Like I had injured myself and I felt like maybe I was just in a rush to like find a coach. And I had worked with this coach. I did um, the grid league. I don't know if you remember that or any, if you've ever heard of that, it's like Mm -hmm. the national grid league anyway. So he was, he was like a coach there and what happened with, this is a really good point. (laughs) So let's hear it. So what happened was I saw this coach working with other like high level athletes. So to me that looked like, Oh, he must be really good. Right. But that wasn't the case. And I think that is an issue these days where Mm -hmm. they see it's like, I'm just going to say it. So RP strength. Okay. They have like all of these like high level athletes, Um, who are sponsored by them and like posting about them and all this type of stuff. Right. Uh, But then like they're destroying people with, you know, their diets and, you know, women, I mean, not everyone, but I've had a lot of clients come from them um, who are just destroyed because they're basically giving them no food to eat. 
-hmm. So that was kind of like what happened to me where I just didn't do the homework. I saw he was working with, you know, other athletes and that's, that's on me. You know, I just didn't look into it for far, far enough. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's, that's basically what happened there. Definitely. And you always like hope that you're investing in something and they're going to have your back. And like, there's this level of trust that, you know, you're trying to build or trying to like create with this person. And, and it's so difficult now on social media, as you say, like all of these professionals look pro, you know, it looks like they know what they're doing. It Mm -hmm. looks like they have all of these athletes behind them. And I kind of even say like with you know, our main sport in Nova Scotia here is hockey. Like I can almost guarantee that Sydney Crosby is probably not drinking Gatorade all the time. You That's know? yeah. Like this is a whole nother freaking rabbit hole we could go down, but like Definitely. with, with me being an athlete and I mean, not even, there's a lot of people who are like this, who are just like very loyal to their coach and mm-hmm. they're just going to do like everything that coach says. And mine, you know, mine stem from my coach proud of that. Like, he, I was just very loyal to him. You know, I never did anything off of his programming. I trusted him. It's just who I am. It's like, mm-hmm. I just trust these people. And so, yeah, that's, that's definitely what happened um, with me is I just did what, did what he told me. And then there was times where like, I would be, I was like getting injured a lot and things like that. And I almost felt like I almost felt like a burden if I was saying oh I don't feel that I don't feel good like when I was getting injured I felt like he was annoyed of me you know coming to him with all these like injuries so I just pushed through and I just powered through and so that's you know that's an issue and I think that a lot of people have that issue where they just don't want to speak up because they feel like they're being annoying or they're being a burden or something like that. Oh, definitely. Like I even see it in office, like literally people are, well, you probably see it too. Like people are paying for your time and they apologize like a million times. I'm like, Hey, this is your seat. Like this is, if you're not going to air it out here, you're never going to air it out, you know? So I think like that totally makes sense how we can feel that way. And I think like, that's a really strong message to say, I mean, not only to female athletes, but any athlete in general, like you, no one else is going to stand up for you. Like you have to do it, you know? Yeah. And it taught me a lot because, um, that whole situation taught me so many things. Like I could, I have a laundry list of just how much I learned to be honest. Like, Mm -hmm. but a big thing was I learned how to rest. (laughs) I learned, yeah, I learned, I, I started loving rest just because I knew how good it was for my body. Mm -hmm. Um, and I really learned how to, um, communicate with my coach because the next coach I had who was great uh, you know like if I, I really learned to listen to my body and so I would tell him like I'm I feel don't feel good today like I'm tired um, and I would take a day off I would take an extra day off or I would take a deload if even if it wasn't my deload week like maybe I just needed to take a deload mm-hmm. um, and that was huge moving forward and where I feel like a lot of people just try to push through it. They, it's like, they, they think it, I don't know. They think it's weak if they're not pushing through. Right. Um, 
And I remember Sean Pastooch, who works for Active Life, he's like, he, he wrote something and he's like, if you're so mentally tough, take a week off completely. Take a week off the gym if you're so mentally tough. Mm-hmm. And it's so true because people are like, oh, I'm so tough. I'm going to push through this. And like, you know, and then it's like, actually taking time off is where, <laughs> where the hard part is. Oh my goodness. A hundred percent. Like that is the most challenging piece and like getting athletes to like sit in their own thoughts for a bit and not like distract themselves with a hundred more workouts and like working on their response to the stress response, like all of those things, you know, they're almost buzzing in your chair when you start to mention slowing down because it it almost brings up anger. Right. And And I I see it within just like, I mean, general people that I work with Mm -hmm. like they struggle so hard to take a rest day Mm -hmm. like like you see people just like working out every single day every single day every single day and I'm like it's like it's hard as a a nutrition coach to say hey like you need to take a couple days off a week it's like really hard because people can't wrap their out their head around it because there's this like social thing where society is telling you that you need to be training every single day um and basically not eating anything as a woman Mm -hmm. i mean and it's it's a problem with some men too but it's a more so a a woman thing where we're just like taught to train every single day hours in the gym and eat nothing it's crazy yeah it is so wild and it's so interesting like where all of this started and I think like you can piece it together by different like you know magazines that you would used to see you know yeah. getting groceries or whatever but right. I think it's it's such it's so bad now that it's it's destroying people and we look at like oh. I mean we can't make direct correlations but infertility rates are skyrocketing and there's a lot of stuff going on and there's a lot of like so many people at like 35 kind of are sitting in my chair saying like, I wish I had known how difficult it was going to be to get pregnant. You know, I would have taken different processes to Mm -hmm. get there. And it's a really tough conversation to have because you're like, yep, I hear you. Like, I wish there was more information about this. I wish more people were educating on this. And um, yeah, I think it's really important to like continue to pound these stories out Mm -hmm. and like get everyone in front of um, information that's helpful to them. Right. And for you, especially like, kind of just looking through your social media, like you have a pretty big following and you also um, have a great physique, right? And I would be super interested if you could like lay out kind of for everyone what it is you do and what it is you'd eat because I think it would shock Mm -hmm. them, you know? Yeah, yeah. So um, as far, I mean, I I stepped away from CrossFit, obviously. I mean, well, these people don't know, but (laughs) I stepped away from CrossFit because – that from a health standpoint, it just was not good for me anymore. Um, so now I am training, I'm doing resistance training more so like a bodybuilding, um, foundation type thing. It's Paragon methods. They're really good. So she, the girl who, you know, made it, um, has a very similar story to me, Lori Christine King. Do you know? Yeah. I follow her too. She's got some great stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, she basically built this whole thing four crossfitters coming out like to the bodybuilding world. Smart Um, move. Yeah. So smart. (laughs) Um, So I'm doing that. So what I do is uh, I resistance train four times a week and I'm in the gym about 60 minutes to top 90 minutes. Um, It's basically all um, bodybuilding stuff. 
then they'll throw the odd like CrossFit movement in there, but it's it just doesn't have like the high intensity and all that. Um, and then like one day, if I'm feeling like it, and I was telling this to my client the other day, one day a week, I will do some sort of conditioning at the track. And it's not that I feel like I need to, it's that I just want to, like, I just mm-hmm. like to, you know, run at the track, but if I'm not feeling good, I won't. So typically I'm training four to five times a week. Um, nothing is like high intensity at all really anymore. Um, and then as far as uh, my diet goes, and I take two full rest days. So I don't do anything on my rest days. I just walk. Um, as far as my diet goes, um, I track macros. I mean, I've been tracking macros for the last five years, basically. Um, and I eat anywhere from like 23 to like 2,400 calories. And I'm actually, I'm pushing, I'm pushing it up. Like I want to see how far I can go. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was in CrossFit, I was eating like 3000 calories a day. Um, mm-hmm. By the end, I mean, not when I was going through all that crap. Yeah. Um, I learned, and I learned to feed myself. <laughs> um, so, when it comes to my diet, like I'm actually very simple. Um, you know, just focusing on like protein, body weight, and protein, or or a little bit more. Um, I stay away. It's a personal thing. I stay away from gluten and dairy um, just because I'm intolerant to it. Um, and I kind of live by like the 80-20% rule where like I'm getting in my nutrient-dense foods 80% of the time, um, 20% of the time I'm still having, you know, the things I love, whether it's like candy, things like that. It's just, mm-hmm. it keeps things sustainable for me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm a huge fan of eating all the food and you know finding that perfect balance of training for yourself where you're in the gym and it's it's a hard workout in the gym but you walk out of that gym feeling good Mm -hmm. where you don't feel like the rest of your day you can't do anything because you're trashed from your workout um and that's how i used to feel in 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 crossfit and so Mm I just feel like I have found this like perfect balance of like training and eating and it's not depriving myself and it's not spending hours in the gym dead on the floor. It's doing what I need to do, eating the amount of food to fuel my body, make me feel good. And that's it. Yeah. That's so awesome. And I think um, that's super important for everyone to hear because you know, as we were talking about that mindset of like less food is more and more exercise is more is, is super dysfunctional. And I think like our body's ability to adapt is amazing. Just as you said, you went like three months running your body, you ran your body into the ground for three months and you didn't die. You just lost your period. right? Right, Right. Which is like, when we look at the negative consequences of that are huge, but our body's ability to like endure is amazing. So huge. these warning yeah. signals that go off, like we have to start listening to them, you know? Yeah. And I think um, oftentimes people think like, you know, they're slowing, you don't really necessarily have to slow down. You just have to recover appropriately. Right. Exactly. Yeah. We're yeah. not asking you to stop. We're not mm-hmm. asking you to like change out sports. We're just nope. asking you to like take the time to, eat right, sleep good, you know, stay hydrated, right? Exactly. It's everything outside of that. Like it's the 22 other hours in the day that matter. Mm -hmm. 
like seriously, like your what you're eating, how you're sleeping, how you're managing your stress, like those things are what are causing so many people problems. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, like the, the training obviously can be a problem if you're overdoing it, but for the general person, it's the t other 22 hours in the day. Like, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like, what is your, what are you working towards too? Like right. you're extremely fit and you train for, and you're very intentional with the food that you eat, right? Yeah. To what avail, like, because you're working towards a certain body composition or you're trying to hit strength goals or you for like whoever's listening out there, it's mm -hmm. like, most people say, well, I just want to get more toned, but you're like, yeah. okay. <laughs> okay, great. That's a really great sentiment, yeah. but like, what does that actually mean to you? And what does right. that look like? And how do we put that into context to know that we're now in a maintenance phase versus a continual cut? You know what right. I mean? Right, right. So I'm sure you get all those questions all the time too, oh, hey? Yeah, yeah, I do. Do you have um, any like filtration to like get people really narrowed down on their goals so oftentimes it's a very in probably your experience too a very generalized comment that they say like i want to lose weight but like mm -hmm. to really filter that down what kind of stuff do you say to them i basically well i usually get on the phone with them mm -hmm. um and just kind of talk to them like just get a better idea of like what their lifestyle is or asking them like the five whys mm -hmm. like things like that like they're like well, why do you like, they'll give me a goal. It's like, why is your goal that? And then they'll, they'll say why. And I'll be like, well, why? And you just keep asking why. And then eventually you'll get to like the root of why they really want to do something. And yeah. usually it has nothing to do with their original answer. <laughs> yeah. It's usually like, so I can pick up my grandkids or something. And you're like, wait, right. what? This right. is not what yeah. you said at all. So it's really just like asking, like, like anything and everything mm -hmm. um, and really just like getting deep with people. Definitely. And that huge yeah. conversation too, like um, longevity versus performance too. I can't remember if we had talked about that on your podcast, but oftentimes I feel like I had Pat Vellner on a couple of weeks ago and he was saying like, he knows full well that this CrossFit sport is not conducive to living and aging gracefully. Right. Right. So as long as there's that like informed consent between people so that they know that like, you know, having a six pack is, is really hard work and, and right. it looks great, obviously. And it's very subjective if you want that or not, but mm -hmm. um, it's more so like, do you know what it takes to get there and what the long-term consequences are to getting there as well? Right? right. Right. Yeah. I also think that like people associate like abs with health mm -hmm. and it's, it's just like not the case sometimes. Like there's obviously people who have like good genetics or like something like that. Um, but you see so many people like coming to me and it's like, I want abs. And it's like, I get they, I get they look cool, but like, they don't mean health. Yeah. They don't mean that you're healthy. And Definitely. I think that's like a big like problem right now too. Like mm -hmm. a big thing that people just have confuse or it's like, as a woman, they think, I'm kind of going off here, but no, as, a go woman, as a woman, like they think that cellulite means unhealthy, like mm -hmm. things like that. It's just like so many things are just twisted and just incorrect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's so distorted and like, yeah. it, it's really difficult to try to like break those stereotypes because they're everywhere and they bombard oh, yeah. us like all day. And I thought, yeah. oh, hopefully it's okay that I mentioned this, but I saw on social, you were like, somebody called you out for like photoshopping oh, and I was yeah. really kind of proud of you. That I, you kind I would of actually like to talk about that because go for it. Yeah. It, it, yeah. So 
sorry, I interrupted. I'm so bad. No, no, go <laughs> um, for it. It's your story. <laughs> um, so I have a big following. I'm used to like this negative stuff sometimes. Mm-hmm. I actually don't get a whole lot, but you know, I'll get called a man or like things like that, which mm-hmm. is whatever. I know it's <laughs> yeah. just coming from like this insecure human. So mm-hmm. The other day, it was like two days ago, I'm like at my sister's, I'm like having a good time and I get this comment on my photo and uh, my my photo was me in the mirror and my abs are showing um, and I'm talking about how how I think it's crazy that women still think, like won't lift weights because they think they're going to get bulky. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a message to women, like a very positive message to like, get out there and lift some weights. Cause I just think that's great. Mm-hmm. And, um, this chick comments and goes photoshopped and I'm that's like, <laughs> oh gosh. And I'm like, oh gosh, <laughs> why is this triggering me so bad? Mm-hmm. Uh, because I've, and like, I, I got on my story and I just like said, I said, I have been, I am like very passionate about being open and honest on my platform as much as I can. Um, you know, like I talk about my cellulite, like I talk about my insecurities, like I'm just very open. I would, I would never even consider photoshopping my body to make myself look different or better Mm -hmm. or like anything like that. Like I said, like I will play around with like the lighting of a freaking photo, but I'm not going to like change what my body looks like. Mm -hmm. So it really pissed me off because I think it pissed me off so bad because I try very hard to like be real with my people. Mm -hmm. She then like was saying, you want to bet? like you want to bet and then then like dm me and was like you bet you want to bet and i'm just like i can't tell you how hard it was for me not to answer the dm but i'm like to my boyfriend i'm like i this is stupid like mm-hmm. i can't put my energy here but for some reason it just like that one really got to me whether it was just like i don't know I went to her profile and she had a profile that like she worked out. And so that kind of threw me off too. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, I just don't understand it. It's just such a weird thing. And, and, and social media, and that's the downside to social media. It Mm -hmm. really is like someone that, that person actually, like other people were telling me that it, they, she was doing it to other accounts too. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it got to me. Usually it doesn't, but I think it's like a good message that like we as people who, I don't know, you want to, these, I have a lot of followers. I, I'm an influencer or whatever. Like I'm a human being like this, yeah. this shit bothers me sometimes. Yeah. Um, and I just kind of wanted to share that with the, with the people, like, don't try and take my hard work away from me. Yeah. Yeah. And especially something you value so much. Like, I think like we all have our things that like, if I was called out on my education or something, like that's the thing that I value the most. So it's so detrimental to me, you know, Mm -hmm. if if I misspoke and somebody called me on it or something like that. So there's definitely like all of these things. And it's true. Like when you're looking behind a screen, it's like this person is not a person anymore. And I think um, we really have to like 
you know, get with that and, and understand that there's so much behind that and how detrimental, you know, social media can be. And, and right. if for all contexts of like, even, you know, body composition and stuff that we're all looking at, it gets really confusing and it gets really difficult. And I think like you being so open and on that honest about um, how you feel is, is really important for everyone to hear. Cause I know like, you know, people that come into office here kind of have similar sentiments and say similar things to me. And it, it's just like, we're, we're all feeling it. I think we just have to like get it out there a little bit yeah. more too, right? Yeah, right. It, it's, it's a scary, it's like, I love social media um, for, you know, that I can, I help a ton of people. Um, you know, I communicate with people. It's, it's a really good place for that. Um, but I mean, I've talked about this on me, me and Jamie, I've talked about this on our Taco Tuesday episodes, like, just how bad it can be for some people like mentally because it's really insane what people actually like do to their photos and Mm -hmm. like even their videos and like all of this stuff like they're completely changing the way they look Mm -hmm. and it's just like such a false sense of reality Mm -hmm. and it really bugs me because it's like so many women are like being so hard on themselves like i don't i don't why don't i look like that like she's so perfect and this and that and it's like wait till you see them and if you could just see them in person like because this used to happen to me i was working out in a gym in in utah and there's like these big names um in the gym and i would see them on instagram and then i would see them in person i would just be like like they don't look the same Mm -hmm. so it, it really bugs me and it, it, it hurts me for yeah. like women, you know? Um, and so that's why I try and be so like transparent. Like, yeah, I've got abs, but I have cellulite too. Like it's, mm-hmm. that's just like, it, we're women. Yeah. Right? Like, it's, it's just, just going to happen. Yeah, right? Like yeah. exactly. Um, so I think that's why like it bugged me so much. Obviously we just said, but yeah, social media, I just, even I have to remind myself too sometimes mm-hmm. like this place is like can be a really negative place and really being conscious of like how much time you're spending on it and who you're following and all of that is is important yeah 100% it definitely is there's a there's a couple things I wanted to mention there so like um the thing that probably scares me the most is younger girls starting to see this and younger guys starting to see this too so um I think I saw a post the other day where like this guy saw the before and after of a female and like she was posing and filtered in one and then like her actual photo and in the other and like his reaction blew me away like he had no idea that it was the same person or no concept of like this was happening on social media um and that terrifies me and then it also terrifies me for like the younger generations coming thinking somehow they're supposed to look like that right yeah the expectations are just like out of this world from a female standpoint and then from a male standpoint like in so many different ways i feel like because like from a female standpoint they think they you know it's giving them such a false sense of like reality and that they have to look a certain way and it's just unattain it's unattainable like you Mm -hmm. literally cannot look like that Mm -hmm. like it's fake and then you have the males expecting like females to look like this and like vice versa though because mm-hmm. it goes both ways yeah it sure does yeah it's really it's a scary scary thing yeah but then it's like 
on the other hand, social media is, is like a really powerful tool for like connecting with people and like, you know, good for business and, and stuff like that. But it's, yeah, I've almost deleted it a few Mm -hmm. times. Like it's, I've come so close. I can't even tell you, but it's like my, my business is on there and that's the uh, outside of like how I help people. uh, I would delete it. Like Mm -hmm. if it wasn't for my business and just how I love to help people, it would be gone. Yeah, I resonate with that so much. And like all the work that goes into posts and how much you research behind them and all the education. And then like, it's like a research article title and like there'd be no interaction with it. And then you like post a selfie and get so much interaction with it. Oh, it's insane. It's insane. I don't think like, like it's, it's gonna be funny if any of my followers listen to this. Cause like, I, I can't tell you how long I spend on some posts. Yeah, uh, right. I'm right there with you. It's like hours. I'm like, like, this is draining. Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) it is. Yeah. It's tough because it's, it's, it's a lot of work, whether like people think it is it or not, or they're like, oh, poor you, like you have to post on social media, but like, it takes a long time. Like we, when you want to put out quality content, that doesn't just take like two freaking seconds. Mm-hmm. Like you have to like plan those posts. Um, and yeah, they could take hours to days sometimes. So I it's, d- it can, yeah. be, it can be very draining. Yeah. I feel that too. And I think like, yes, for sure. Like first world problems, but yeah. I think also starting to like fill your feed with people who are talking about this because our whole goal behind this is like how much education that we can give off and how important it is to get your information from reputable sources and um like there's so many people selling goodness knows what to you out there so i think um you know getting a good list of people that you can trust or like getting people that you can trust who can refer you on to other people is really really important um and then like do your own research too like take what every i say with a grain of salt and like go try to find if it's backed up go try to find if and like i promise you it probably is with like references and stuff of course Yeah. yeah for the most part like Um, I think we're taking what a lot of these people say and a lot of influencers and what they say with um, such like authority. And I think we have to Uh step back and say like, Hey, does that really make sense? You know? Yep. I agree completely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's an interesting world out there. Hey, (laughs) yeah, Yeah. it's crazy. Definitely. So when you like for the social media part of things, like Uh it's so difficult and I'm always looking for tips and tricks to tell people to like disassociate from it. Do you have anything that you do for like, um, time you spend on there or how to like decompress after like seeing a post that didn't really resonate or like, do you have things that you do for that? Um, I, I, I honestly don't, mm. um, I have done things. So I actually took, I think I started off, I was like dealing with a lot of anxiety and it was like just coming into my, into my world and I wasn't used to it. And I like, I was like, this is, I, I triggered it to attribute it to social media. Um, and so I decided to take a day off completely and I put the app on like the last page of my phone. So I guess this is something that I do. I put the app on the last page of my phone. Um, so without when I'm opening my phone, I'm just like not going to it like right away, but sometimes I still go to it right away because that's just the reality of life. Yeah. Um, uh, so I put it on the last page and it was kind of crazy. So 
completely off it, but every time I was opening my phone, I was would go to the spot that it was at the beginning mm-hmm. <laughs> on the front page, and I'm like, such a habit, right? I'm like, oh my gosh, like this yeah. is crazy. <laughs> so I ended up actually staying off of it for three days, um, and so that is something that I will do here and there, where I will just take a day completely off of it, mm-hmm. um, and it feels so good. It feels so good to just like take time away. Um, another thing that I've been trying to do is I talked to Jordan Sai about this um, is just like getting on um, and like focusing potentially more on like a story, the story instead of like scrolling. Mm-hmm. So it's like these like little steps instead of just like completely taking your time away from it like just try and spend a little less time in like certain areas of it like don't spend scrolling through all of the posts and stuff like that so I mean I just I'm just trying to be more aware of like not being on it like at night or like things like that where maybe I see something that bugs me but Mm -hmm. I don't other than just like taking a day off here and there I, I actually don't have any like specific things I do well, that's pretty good though like even yeah. mentioning that I think is is huge to take breaks from it and mm-hmm. I haven't tried a f- bunch of things like I've tried the timer but then like for yeah. work it's not always right. the same time that I get mm-hmm. time to work on social media you know right. um, one huge helpful one was putting it on grayscale have you ever tried that before no wait so you click- your, your phone goes like all dark. gray yeah okay so, like, so my the colors don't dark. pop anymore really yeah how, where how do you do that it's on um your app i think it's on like um settings and you have to go into if i r- figure out how to do this i will definitely tell people i did it one time and it was like i didn't even want to look at my phone anymore because there was no colors it was so interesting, That's interesting. What happened. yeah it's got to be in like maybe like wallpaper or something. I don't know. Yeah. That might um, be a Google thing. <laughs> yeah, that's super interesting. I know yeah. my my phone goes dark, uh, but it still shows color. Okay. Yeah, no, there's one where it like even everything is just a scale of gray. So there's no like uh, Instagram just looks like white, gray, and black. I could see I could see how that would work though. Yeah, yeah. You definitely like don't even care as much yeah. anymore, which is I, super interesting. Yeah. I do <laughs> I do just like make a, a mental like goal in my brain. Like yeah. like when I'm when I'm working or doing like checking like check ins with my clients, like no. Like I just like try and stay away from it because I will actually like it's such a distraction. It's insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean I just say like you're not going on Instagram. Like, I just have to like tell myself that because mm-hmm. it's, it can, I mean, something that takes two hours will take four hours. It's insane. It's wild. Yeah. yeah. And it's so, it takes up so much time. It's crazy. Like anything yeah. that works for people, like send in your tips. Yeah. It is annoying and it's such a waste. Well, not, not always waste of time. There's a bunch of education and like, I wouldn't have met you if I didn't have social media and there's like right. some cool things that come of it. That's right? why I love it. Yeah. Seriously. Definitely. Like my, so, my, me and my boyfriend, like that's how we started chatting. That's like wild too. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah. what about like for your, so you're a nutrition coach now. Do you do um, uh, training as well? Like put together training programs? For people? No, just nutrition side of just things. Nutrition. Yeah. So, I plan on doing that though. Nice. Yeah. So what does that look like? Or what are the things that you're keeping in mind or, or like some tips for other nutrition coaches that you've kind of like learned that would be really helpful 
to their practice or for people looking for a nutrition coach? Yeah. So, um, I mean, with someone looking to become one, um, something that I was actually talking to another nutrition coach about recently is like, I think people get really caught up in like when they're first starting out, they try to find this like niche. They try to like go after like, whether it's like females with hormone problems or like males or they're just trying to find something. Right. Um, my outlook on that is like, just go in and work with anybody like work with a bunch of people at the beginning uh, and get, you know, that education, that knowledge, cause you're going to learn so much with, mm-hmm. from so many people. Um, and as you go, you'll start to like trend in a certain, on a certain path. And you'll, mm-hmm. that's how um, you're going to find the niche or your, you know, this, the type of client that you want to work with specifically. Um, so I think that's like a big one to start off is like, don't put the pressure on yourself to be like, oh, I need to find this like specific niche um, in this world. Just like get in and like work with people and learn all different types of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, secondly, like don't just be like a meal plan or macro coach. Um, I do macros with my clients, mm-hmm. um, but I'm not a macro coach. Like my you really gotta like get a handle on every part of their lives like their sleep their their stress outside of you know just in general like stress from work family all that um you know pay attention to hormones pay attention to digestion pay attention to sleep all of this stuff like motivation how are they feeling in the gym like all of this is like so, so, so important. Um, and I do feel like the nutrition space is going that way where things are more individualized and we, it is starting to wean out the people who are just like giving people meal, meal plans or, mm-hmm. you know, giving them a set of macros and kind of just leaving them on, leaving them on, on their own, which is a great thing, but there is still, you know, coaches out there like that who are just mm-hmm. like not paying attention to, um, people's issues and like looking at the whole picture. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's what I do with my clients. Um, I am like on a weekly and daily basis, we're checking in on their sleep. Um, we're checking in on, you know, how they're feeling their, their menstrual cycle, their digestion, um, all that kind of stuff. I have some of my clients, you know, getting their hormones checked because I believe that like, you can tell what's going on with someone's symptoms, but I still believe like if you're not testing, you're guessing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, I'm a big, you know, fan of like just getting that all checked out because if you're, you know, going by calories and, you know, everything is in place and you're doing all the right things, then there's something else going on. Yeah. Right? Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's how, you know, I kind of run things on my end is it's just, it's a very, individualized thing it's very in depth um and i really just truly care about my clients and i think that if you are coming into this for the money like of course this is for money like Mm -hmm. it's your it's going to be a job it's going to give you some money but if you're actually just coming in this for the money or you want like freedom or something like that don't even bother because this is 
like you're dealing with people's emotions. It's a very emotionally draining job. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's a huge one too, Mm -hmm. is like, like this isn't just like an easy job. Like you're, you're way more than a a nutrition coach. Like you're you're like a therapist. (laughs) Oh, definitely. And I think it's shocking for a lot of people too, like to hear people's problems all day long. Mm -hmm. And then you also have to think about like, you're trying to have a relationship, you're trying to right. have friends, you're trying to have all of these yeah. things too, which also take, take up a lot of bandwidth for people yeah. too. So that's a huge point. And I think like, yeah, a lot of people just try to get as many people in as possible and get all the money that they can, yeah. but it's not a really helping that person. And if you were truly doing this, you would see like, you can't really see that many people in a day because it is exhausting, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I truthfully have no idea how nutrition coaches have like hundreds of clients Mm -hmm. it doesn't it does not make sense to me Mm -hmm. like i cut mine off at like 40 Mm -hmm. or right now i'm around like 30 Mm -hmm. but like i could never even think about having like a hundred clients how do you even pay attention yeah yeah and how do we manage all that i i don't know it's it's the that's where it comes into play where they're just like they're not putting all of themselves into their each client. And that's mm-hmm. what I do. I mean, I put all of myself, I care. Um, so I try and keep that pool like on the left side, but yeah. Yeah, that's huge. I think those are really good tips. And I think those are really good things for like, um, you know, people wanting to work with a nutrition coach too. Like, are they running through every aspect of your life? Right. Um, and if not, maybe find somebody who is, you know? Yeah. 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 And they should be like asking you that stuff, like right off the bat. Mm-hmm. and monitoring it continually like it, yep. you're not feeling good why aren't you feeling good right what, sleep you know what I mean so that yeah. that's pretty huge what about like for female like this is kind of a, a funny way to put it but like if you could go back in time what would you have told your younger self about um some of these you know your athletic past and CrossFit and all that sort of stuff and I think you would agree like CrossFit's an amazing sport and especially mm-hmm. how it transferred things for women in terms of you know body composition and what the what a female athletic form could look like or do. Mm -hmm. Right. But Mm -hmm. there's also some negative effects of it too. Right. Right. Like any sport. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's very like cliche to say, but I had a big problem with like comparing um, where I would like get on social media and like compare, Oh, what, what athlete is lifting this and what athlete is lifting that. Um, So that was one thing that like I learned after the fact that like, it it was not a good thing like i you know just just not comparing yourself to other people like your journey is so different um and so that's a big one um outside of that would would be really just you know doing my homework and being more in tune to what i was doing and like asking questions like why are we doing this like what's the point of this like just like not being afraid to like ask questions because I think that right there was kind of where what got me into some of the issues I ran into was just like trusting people Mm -hmm. um and it's okay to trust people but you have to like understand like why you're doing what you're doing and have them explain it like they should know Mm -hmm. um and you should know and so that's something that I wish I would have definitely changed and, you know, took the time to like learn and educate myself. But when you're in that situation, it's like, you're the athlete and you're just listening. Um, 
but that would definitely be the number one thing that I, I would probably wish that I could change. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge. And that's, that's very helpful for everyone, I would say. Yeah. And something for them to like take with them as well. Yeah. Um, so you were kind of mentioning too, that you were diagnosed with PCOS, so polycystic mm-hmm. ovarian syndrome. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like a pretty substantial um, difference between like polycystic ovarian sy- syndrome and like hypothal- hypothalamic am- amenorrhea. Mm-hmm. Um, and have you like looked into a lot of that or like, what was the delineation? Obviously like potentially cysts on the ovaries that changed it for you yeah so i went the thing is is like i went and got the ultrasound i had mm-hmm. cysts on my ovaries but then i had like the other symptoms where like you know hair growth and hormonal areas um uh the missing period stuff like that um and then i and i didn't have like it's kind of crazy because i got diagnosed with pcos but even like to to this day, I'm almost like confused if I even have it or not. Mm-hmm. I feel like it gets misdiagnosed a lot. Yeah. Because I had some of the symptoms. I know you don't have, you don't need them all, but I've had some. Um, but I think like a really big one of PCOS is like irregular cycles or like missing cycles or like infertility and stuff like that, which I don't have. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, my symptoms were just like the act. I have like acne sometimes not as bad right now or but it's like up and down kind of thing mm-hmm. um hair growth and then um that's basically it that's basically all the symptoms I I have from PCOS mm-hmm. outside of like I feel like I have a little bit of blood sugar dysregulation um but yeah I was just diagnosed through um ultrasound and then I did get you know like some hormone testing done and like my my testosterone is higher it's always higher it's always Mm -hmm. high every time i've tested dha dhas are high um so that's how i've you know been diagnosed but i still just like feel like it's weird it's like a weird spot if i like have it or not definitely and i see i like run into this constantly Mm -hmm. right because this is um such a common thing to happen between female athletes and it, and it's really tough like it is it just like a wording thing that you know right. is the actual diagnosis but mm-hmm. you know if you start to get into those like blood sugar dysregulation and you know metabolic dysfunction and then yeah. on top of that the uh, abnormal hair growth and um, acne and stuff that kind of like pushes towards that yeah. PCOS type of picture yeah and then there's that like hypothalamic amenorrhea where um, basically what's happening is you lose your period basically because of adrenal stressors right or or, um too much stress to the system Mm -hmm. and that's where we see like dhea is high and testosterone high um and like unremittingly high just keep coming up so i've been working with like a lot of mma fighters lately too and it's just that dheas are super high testosterone is super high um and they're presenting that exact same way and and down the road starts to look like performance dysfunction so yeah um i think this is exactly what happened to me Definitely. And I think this is like a, maybe a label issue. Like when we really look at it, is it, is it an adrenal thing that's happening? Yeah. Um, or is it like an ovarian hormonal thing yeah. that's happening? Um, and I think like we have to be, well, like not super clear on it, but like really introspective on that exactly as you said, like, is it truly PCOS or is mm-hmm. it, you know, so much stress to the system that hasn't been mitigated yet? So I'm right. still like, you know, everyone's still learning as much as they can about the female cycle because 
research just keeps coming out about it, you know, thank yeah, God. It's so awesome. Yeah, it is I, pretty awesome. And I think that like, it's becoming like the whole like birth control thing and like all of this, it's just like, women are becoming more aware of it now. Mm-hmm. And it's really, really, really good. It's really good to see. Yeah, I'm super excited about that. And I think yeah. we had talked about that on the podcast too. Yeah. And um, I think it's super important to like convey how exciting this is. Mm-hmm. And then kind of exactly going back to what you're saying is treating each person as such an individual. Hey? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. So all of these things too, we're getting like all of this information and like, I see tons of social media posts are like, do this at this time and this at this time. Right. And yeah. we kind of said to you, like how important it is to like, Hey, what if that doesn't work for you? You know, try exactly. it, see if it does stuff exactly. and then go from there. Yeah. Cause like we had talked about on the elevated project, um, where like me, for example, like uh, the week leading up to my period, like I'm fatigued, um, you know, performance takes a hit. So I was deloading. Mm-hmm. on that week whereas like that could be you during your period mm-hmm. so it's like everyone is so different like it d- depends on your symptoms it depends like it depends on a lot of things but you can't just say oh you should take a deload here or you should do this or you should do that because everyone is so freaking different definitely and i think a lot of the information like thank god for stacy who's coming out yeah. stacy sims who's coming out with information but all the social media that I see is just repeating what she says to you. I know. Right? Yeah. And that's not really how we elevate right. um, education. That's mm-hmm. just repetition. Right? right. So we just have to keep pushing the boundaries and keep like really asking questions to these people to figure out, you know, what truly their issue is and how do yeah. we, and exactly like you said, how do you help the individual? Not this like mass production of right. some sort of protocol. You know? Right. Yeah. I, and I think, like a good thing to touch on and I, I love would love to chat with you about it is just like how women have no idea that like you know really painful periods or like things like that are aren't normal mm-hmm. like they think that they they sh- this is just a normal thing that they should be dealing with all the time mm-hmm. where it's it's coming from like an underlying issue and that and the fact that us as women don't have that education behind us. Like it's, it's really crazy to me. Um, and why I'm so happy now that, you know, all of this information is starting to come out, but it's crazy. Like, like us as women and just women in general, will just deal with feeling like absolute garbage because we're told that that's normal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's wild. Or like certainly, uh, well, you know, that age old saying now it's common for sure. Um, and like premenstrual syndrome is a syndrome, right? Right. That's diagnostic criteria that we could say like, there's something dysfunctional happening there, you know? Um, and so many people are just like debilitated with cramps and there's so many odd things where people will just kind of, like you said, skip a couple periods and then be like, Mm -hmm. "Ah, I guess that's fine. Like, I think, I've heard other athletes get this too, you know, mm-hmm. and not know the long-term consequences of that or like what it's yeah. actually doing internally yeah. to our body. So right. I think like the more information we can get out there, awesome. And I think um, it's wicked for having this pool of resources to start trying with athletes and seeing yeah. what sticks and seeing what doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really excited to see like where the future is going with all of this. Yeah, too. me too. I, I really hope that like women can get to a point where they're like celebrating their periods because yeah. it's such like seriously like it's such a good indication of your health and mm-hmm. like when you get your period like that's a really really good thing 
-hmm. Like, you know, it's just, I just wish we could get to that point where we're not like, oh, like, oh, I'm on my period. It's like, hell yeah, I'm on my period. Like, this is, I'm, I'm good, you know? Yeah. Definitely. I totally agree with that. And like, I'm sure a whole other podcast could be attributed to like birth control and all that sort of stuff. But I truly believe that that's the terminology we have to start using around it and it'd be a celebrated thing. And even like the words we use to describe it, like it's such a horrific, like on flow. I can just like picture her. She's probably so mean. Yeah, right. I know. So I think it's really important that we start to use that and, and celebrate it. And like, it's so hard to take autonomy over something that you were don't feel confident in right right so if we give women the education and the power that they need to like take autonomy over their body and start asking Mm -hmm. questions about it i mean like that's literally i think why i'm on planet earth right yeah love it it's (laughs) awesome definitely cool man well i'm sure we could talk for hours and maybe we'll have you back on again but thank you so much for like sharing your story with us yeah thank you for having me no problem any last comments to the listeners um to my ladies, um, I mean, I already said it here, but you know, you really don't need to be, you know, in the gym training for hours upon end. You don't need to be eating at 1200 calories in order to see progress. I like, I saw something the other day that said, um, chase health and basically aesthetics will come. Mm-hmm. And I truly believe that. Chase your yep. health, chase feeling good and that will all fall into place. I love it. That's such a great note to end on. Yeah. Uh, Thanks again. That was awesome. Yeah, no problem.